Welcome to a new episode of our Europe Monitor, brought to you by MENA Research Center. Let's start with Germany, where Mev Lüde Gensch died. She and her husband, Durmusch Gensch, lost two daughters, two grandchildren and a niece in May 1993 after right-wing extremists threw incendiary devices into their house in Solingen. 17 family members were seriously injured. Shortly after the assassination, she called for reconciliation. For Germany, the attack in Solingen was the culmination of a wave of racist acts of violence that swept across the country at the time. For Mevlude Gensch, it destroyed what was dear to her in life. After 1993, my world collapsed, she said 20 years later. I lost five of my children in one day and put them in coffins the same day. She spoke of the pain that would not let her go. I can no longer bear it. Like few others, Gensch embodied the belief in the good in people, said North Rhine-Westphalia's Prime Minister Hendrik Wüst after her death, according to the Düsseldorf State Chancellery. We will work painfully, Miss Mevlüde Gensch and her work. Our thoughts and prayers are with her family, said the conservative politician. Mevlude Gensch would have turned 80 next February. In 2018, the North Rhine-Westphalia state government donated a Mevlude Gensch medal in her honor for special services to tolerance, reconciliation between cultures and the peaceful coexistence of religion. Mevlude Gensch has always put peace and reconciliation first. She knew how to transform the immeasurable pain inflicted on her into strength to stand up for other people. She has the hated violence and resentment who hit her back as generosity and tolerance, said Wüst. Federal Minister of Agriculture Zem Özdemir from the Green Party said... After the racist attack in Solingen, she refused to hate the murderers. Racists live from hatred. That's exactly what she never gave them. She will always remain my great role model. The Northern Westphalia Integration Minister, Josephine Powell, also commemorated Gensch in a statement from her ministry after her death. All her life, Mevlude Gensch called for tolerance and peaceful coexistence between cultures. For that, I thank her and that of our entire society. My thoughts are with the family and friends of this amazing and strong woman. Islamic Center in Hamburg, the Vice President Forstall's deportation. For a long time, there was speculation about the expulsion or departure of Sayyid Suleiman M., the deputy head of the Islamic Center Hamburg, also known as IZH, and now the Hamburg Interior Authorities have provided clarity. It announced that the Iranian had left the country for his homeland. In doing so, he forestalled his deportation. M had previously repeatedly defended himself legally against an expulsion, most recently the Hamburg Higher Administrative Court rejected an appeal against the expulsion order in mid-October.
The allegations against M are also supported by findings from the State Office for the Protection of the Constitution. They are intended to prove that the person concerned maintained connections to two fundraising associations working for Hezbollah, which have since been banned by the Federal Ministry of the Interior because of terrorist financing. This would prove, for example, corresponding visits to clubs close to Hezbollah. In addition, the person concerned maintained close contact with representatives of Hezbollah in Lebanon. The Hezbollah is responsible for a large number of attacks and openly questions Israel's right to exist or calls for its violent elimination. Since April 2020, there has therefore been a ban on activities in Germany. The IZH is part of the Islamic State Treaty with the city of Hamburg via the so-called Shura State Association. This contract is up for renewal, but in the past few weeks it has become clear that the Hamburg governing parties are making this dependent on the IZH leaving. German Minister of the Interior in Qatar German Interior Minister Nancy Faeser met the head of government in Qatar to talk about human rights shortly before the World Cup. Faeser and German Football Association's President Bernd Neuendorf had previously informed themselves about the final preparations for the World Cup. The Social Democratic Minister responsible for sports spoke to the Secretary General of the World Cup Organizing Committee, Hassan Al-Tawadi, in the Qatari capital of Doha. Faisal's two-day trip focused on human rights issues that were discussed around the tournament, such as the protection of queer people from discrimination and the responsibility for migrant workers who built the World Cup stadiums. Before the start of Faisal's visit, the Qatari government had complained because the German minister had publicly criticized the World Cup award to Qatar on German television. Actually, the human rights officer Louis Ansberg should also be part of the delegation, but she cancelled her participation at short notice. The latest developments have made it clear how difficult it is in the run-up to the World Cup with the Qatari government to hold the open and critical talks I have planned about the human rights situation in Qatar, explained Amtsberg. So she decided to do the trip at a later date. With the recent developments, she probably means, among other things, the unusual reaction of the Emirate to Faisal's statements in the run-up to her trip. After the Interior Minister criticized the award of the World Cup to Qatar on October 27th, the Gulf state summoned the German ambassador the following day and handed him a note of protest. Shortly before Faisal's criticism of Qatar, a report by Human Rights Watch caused a stir. Four trans women, a bisexual woman and a homosexual have told the human rights organization how Qatari police allegedly took them to a torture chamber in Al-Dafne, one of the high-rise areas of the capital Doha. When asked whether Faiza would address the Human Rights Watch report to Altani, the German Ministry of the Interior dodged when asked and referred to an in-house press release from October 28th 
about Faisal's trip to Qatar, in which, among other things, the protection of queer people was raised. This mistreatment described in the Human Rights Watch report, Altani's political responsibility for the attacks, all of this missing from the press release. Altani only appears as Faisal's counterpart, with whom she will exchange views on the reforms and their continuation after the end of the tournament. Which reforms are meant exactly is not specified in the press release. Let's jump over to Austria. Here in Austria, people proudly emphasize neutrality again and again. And yet, motors from an Austrian company being built in Iranian combat drones, which Rus Russia uses in the war against Ukraine. Shahed 136 is the type designation of the Iranian-based kamikaze drones that Russia is using intensively, attacking civilian targets in Ukraine. Russia is said to have bought hundreds of these drones from Iran. The technology built into it is not exclusively Iranian. Engines from Rotax, based in Upper Austria, power the Shahed-136. This became known a few days ago when the Ukrainian army reassembled a downed drone and was able to identify the manufacturer uh, of the engine. This is tricky for the Austrian government. Not only do international sanctions prohibit the export of military goods or ones that can be used for military purposes to Iran. Austria is a neutral country and is adamant about this status, even in the current world situation. Vienna has only reluctantly supported the EU sanctions against Russia and it does not supply arms to Ukraine. It is all the more astonishing that a war party is now being supported with Austrian material, and not for the first time. Already in 2021, it turned out that engines from the company Rotax were used in combat drones. At that time, it was a Turkish Bayraktar drone that Azerbaijan used in the war against Armenia. This resulted in a parliamentary question from the liberal party NEOS. Austria has adopted the EU Code of Conduct for Arms Exports, which stipulates certain standards for the export of war equipment. Added to this is national legislation which prohibits exports to worrying nations. Arms exports are checked by the Ministry of the Interior. The export of goods can, that can be used for both civilian and military purposes, so-called dual-use goods, are controlled by the Ministry of Economic Affairs. When asked by the press, it was said that the engines were not subject to the dual-use regulation, so the export was not subject to approval. In addition, the export was carried out via a sales partner based in Italy. An export lens license is therefore, according to the Austrian government, in the responsibility of the Italian authorities. The right-wing conservative opposition leader Benjamin Netanyahu has won the parliamentary elections in Israel after all the votes have been counted. 
his right-wing religious camp was able to secure a majority of 64 out of the 120 seats in the Knesset parliament. His Likud party became the strongest force with 32 seats in parliament. They are followed by the future party of Liberal Prime Minister Yair Lapid with 24 seats. Lapid congratulated his political opponent on the election victory in the evening of the election. The state of Israel is above all political considerations, he wrote on Twitter after a phone call with Netanyahu. He wished him happiness for the good of the Israeli people and the state of Israel. He instructed all departments of the Prime Minister's office to prepare for an orderly transfer of power. For the first time in Israel's history, a right-wing alliance made it in third place. The religious Zionist party of Bezalel Smotrich and Itamar Ben-Gvir is considered the kingmaker for Netanyahu and won 14 seats. The left liberal Meretz party and the Arab Balad party fell just short of the 3.25% hurdle. The people of Israel had voted on the composition of the Knesset for the fifth times in just three and a half years. Voter turnout was still comparatively high at 71.3%. The current eight-party coalition collapsed in June after losing its majority after just 12 months of governing. So folks, that's all for today with the newest Europe Monitor. Please also keep in mind our articles and studies on MENA Research Center's webpage where we just recently covered beside analysis and reports regarding the Qatar Football World Cup. We also discussed topics of migration into Europe and the new headscarf debate in Erdogan's Turkey. So keep tuned, uh, have a nice week and hear you soon here on our channel. Bye bye from Vienna.